And here we are. It worked three times as a charm. Well, I guess I guess it's something with Facebook Messenger, maybe. That's probably it as well. So how are you, good sir? Well, I'm awake and alive. And and during the time of a global pandemic, that's all we can really hope to be. Honestly. Yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> all right. So you've been wanting to do this podcast for a while. Yes, very why? much so. Just, just why? I don't know. I don't think anyone really wants to hear what I have to say. But And, uh... and, and in reality, <laughs> I love to hear what you have to say. <laughs> I mean, it, it probably beats uh, talking to your wife about sports. Oh, that's and, and that is the exact reason she doesn't listen to anything that I have to say. Well, I shouldn't say that she listens and then just basically ignores everything that I say. <laughs> she probably pats you on the head and says, that's nice. honey." Oh, isn't that sweet? Yep. Yes. Yep. That's pretty much it. Yep. OK, so how do you want to do this? Do you want to do hockey first? Do you want to do soccer? Do you just kind of want to see where the conversation leads us? Yeah, let's just go crazy, buddy. I don't care. Well, whatever, whatever, uh, whatever strikes, whatever strikes the mood. Well, it's it's kind of funny that we decided to, to podcast today. Did you uh, did you see what happened at uh, Manchester? I did not. Oh, boy. Well, you know, the whole um, Super League that's been going on, right? Right. OK, what are your thoughts on that? Well, so my initial impression was I didn't understand why everyone was getting all bent out of shape about it, because on the surface, it just seems like the top teams are going to play each other a little more often than just the couple games we might get to see them in the Champions League. So I thought that it would be a good thing. But obviously, there's a lot more to it that I haven't had the privilege of reading into or looking into yet, because there was a lot of people that are really upset about it. Yeah, so I haven't been following up either. I mean, I kind of hate the idea of a Super League anyway, because, I mean, we're at the, what, the four, I think today's the four-year anniversary of um, uh, of Leicester City winning the Premier League. So having a small, having small teams like that kind of win is fun, but having these big teams just being like, we have all the money in the world, screw you guys, we're going home. It sucked. And especially when uh, UEFA was going, hey, if you guys form this Super League, um, none of your players are going to be eligible for international tournaments. It kind of annoyed me. Well, yeah, I mean, that that part would bother me too, but I'm trying to figure out where UEFA thinks that they have the, the I guess, the management and 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 the the ability to say that type of thing like again i so are they talking about playing in the super league as opposed to continuing yes. to play in their domestic leagues yes so basically oh. they would leave the premier league they would leave the bundesliga they would leave la liga oh, oh okay well in that case i think it's bullshit <laughs> i thought we were talking about having just another competition that would be like a midweek something here and there um, like a lot like how the, you know, the FA Cup and the UEFA Champions League and Europa League are set up. I thought it was something like that, where like on an off week or something, they have like a midweek game against each other, but they stayed in their domestic leagues. If they're for, if they're getting if they're leaving their domestic leagues, then I'm totally on board with this is 100 percent bullshit. I think that I think that was the overall uh, uh, why everybody got so angry was they were going to leave the domestic leagues and everybody was just kind of freaking out about that. Well, then that makes total sense to me. 
hundred percent. So, so then you'll totally be on board with what happened with uh, the Man United fans today. So, yeah, I want to hear about it. In in protest, they uh, they stormed Old Trafford and went on the uh, went on the pitch and everything. That's awesome. And and basically, um, it was hilarious because if you were scrolling on Twitter this morning, the BBC was st- was covering it not like it was a terrorist attack. But they were just completely shocked and surprised. They were like, oh, my God, I can't believe these people are storming the pitch. And you're just listening to them going, no, 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 I'm not surprised at all. Well, yeah, that's I mean, that's big news over there, especially Old Trafford. Come on, that place. It's a theater of dreams, man. Like, I mean, for 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 them, for the fans to do something like that so drastic and to stand up. Man, that's that's awesome. That's as that's someone awesome. who's as someone who's a Chelsea fan. For the fact that you just said theater of dreams just made me want to throw up. <laughs> well, I didn't say I necessarily agreed with it, but that's what the place uh, is called. <laughs> I'm aware of what it's called. Okay, so I've known you for well over a decade, and we I never really knew your fandom. So, what soccer teams do you claim? So here's here's the weird part about me um, as someone who grew up playing soccer and I still love the game. I mean, I miss it like crazy. You have no idea. Um, miss playing that is. Um, but uh, I never really had like I couldn't say that I had a favorite team when I turn on when I turn on the Premier League games or when I turn on, you know, Champions League or Europa League games like I watch a couple minutes of the game. And after watching a few minutes of the game, I pick who I want to win that game. And that's who I'm rooting for in that particular uh, match. I know it sounds weird. I know that, uh, I mean, I'd love to say that I had an allegiance to a particular side, but I I just don't. I I just love watching that high level. And I can't, I I, I guess if if you held a gun to my head and were like, who's your favorite Premier League team? I would say Chelsea. (laughs) boy. But but ultimately, I mean, like you said, I, I like to watch. I like to watch, and I like to see the Leicester cities of the world beat the big Goliath clubs. I like to see Sheffield United, you know, stay um, stay up in the Premier League, um, you know, for multiple seasons. I like to see the Crystal Palaces of the world, except for the fact that I hate Wilfred Zaha. Uh, but that can be a discussion at a later time. Can't stand that guy. But I like to see those smaller clubs have success as well. So, you know, I, 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 would, I would call myself um, a bit of a, a fair weather fan, I suppose. No, no, that's, that's totally the, acceptable. But, I mean, there's, time, there's times where, like, like I said, I, I, would, I would probably say I'm a Chelsea fan if, if, if I was being forced to pick a single team. But there's been plenty of times where I've been watching, you know, Watford play Chelsea, and I'm rooting for Watford. Because, you know, it, it's it's fun to see that kind of stuff sometimes. So, And you like rooting for a moose. I, I suppose, yeah. yeah. But, red, uh, red, red moose. I, I certainly do hate to burst your bubble on that, but uh, I just pulled up the Premier League standings, and Sheffield United is very much getting relegated. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. They're very, very much. They're five wins, two draws, and 11 losses. You know what's stupid, though? They, they, they played well last year, last season. Yeah. So they were like the surprise Cinderella team last season. So, yes, very, very, very true. I'm looking at these standings for the Premier League, and obviously, you have, you know, you've got your Man, Man City, Man United, and then it just gets weird from there. I, I haven't looked at the table recently. Oof, I know that, gets... I know that, uh, I know that Mourinho got sacked. So I'm imagining that, uh, 
that um, uh, Tottenham, the Spurs have fallen out of grace. All right, so it's Man City, Man United, Leicester, Chelsea, West Ham at five, Liverpool at six, Tottenham at seven, Everton at eight, Arsenal at nine, Aston Villa, uh, Aston Villa or Villa, however you want to go, is at ten. Leeds 11, Wolverhampton 12, Crystal Palace 13, Bro- uh, Brighton Hove Albion uh, 14, Southampton 15, Burnley uh, 16, Newcastle 17, Fulham West Bromwich, uh, West, West Bromwich Albion at 19, and then the aforementioned Sheffield pulling up the rear in 20th. Now, so who's, who's the biggest surprise in that top 10 group for you? Arsenal at nine. Really? Yeah. Arsenal, Arsenal at nine is a shock. Um, Arsenal at nine is a shock. I want. I. I, I almost want to say, uh, uh, Leicester being at uh, at three is a shock, but they're they, they're they're scrappy. They're they're a fun little team to watch. Well, and you can't underestimate Brendan Rodgers. I mean, he's he's a really really good manager, and um, you know, I mean, you could see it. You could see it when he managed those Liverpool clubs back in the day. And uh, so it's good to see him have an opportunity to have a team that that buys into what to what he's he's coaching and his style because his his coaching and his style are are successful. They can be very successful. Um, so I really like him as a manager. And so I doesn't it doesn't I don't want to say it surprises me. It surprises me a little that they're that high in the table, but it doesn't really surprise me that they're that they're having success, especially with him him at the helm for me i think uh the hammers west ham up in the top 10 i mean man this was a team that was uh you know like barely made it uh like barely qualified and didn't get relegated last year Mm. and now they're in the there i mean what what i think you said they're at five they're at five yeah they're they're solidly in the europa league Mm -hmm. and i think villa is doing really well too um and I think Jack Grealish is it has a lot to do with their success. How Jack Grealish is doing is how uh, Aston Villa is doing. And you have no, uh, you have no MLS uh, ties. You don't care about MLS. Nothing, nothing bothers you about MLS. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna really hurt your feelings. Oh, I don't, I don't care. The Red Bulls are trash this year. Uh, I think, I think, uh, I. I, I... <sighs> The MLS could be such a such a better better league than it is. Um, it's it's just like I mean, in general, the the perception of U.S. soccer everywhere else in the world is that it's a joke, um, which is frustrating as someone who's grown up playing soccer in the United States, loving soccer in the United States. But our domestic league is 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 a joke. I mean, it's where the old the old premier league guys come to retire, make a whole bunch of money. And then they realize that even this league is too easy and they go back <laughs> like Ibrahimovic. I was just about to say, sounds like you're talking about Zlatan. Yes, absolutely. Comes runs the show as a substitute off the bench for the LA galaxy and goes, you know what? This is even a little bit too silly for me. And goes back and now is playing with AC Milan. And that's more of his retirement pace. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, like we're talking about a guy, talking about a guy who's, 
who's like on his last couple of years and just kind of wants to play to just kind of, you know, do whatever. And he went to the MLS to do that and then still went, no, you know what? I can, I, <laughs> I can still hang in the Serie A, <laughs> you know? And do well. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, the things that I'm happy about with regard to the MLS the stadiums are full, right? We're getting we're getting people passionate about soccer. We're getting people passionate about supporting, you know, uh, their local team or whatever. And and we're having, you know, fan groups march across bridges. And I mean, it's fantastic. Like I, I love that there's there's that that fan passion that's happening, and that's all well and good. But until until that league gets more quality it's still going to kind of be eh for me. And this is what worries me as, as not only a fan of the New York Red Bulls, but as a fan of American soccer, you know, what's going to happen, right? Go on. Lionel Messi's coming. Yeah. He's going to play for NYCFC. Mm-hmm. And then everybody's going to be like, Oh, let's see the great Messi. Like it's their coming of Jesus. Yep. And I'm going to be the only person at Red Bull Arena booing the ever-loving hell out of um, <laughs> out of Lionel Messi. <laughs> well, and again, and again, here we go, right? We're talking about a guy who, yeah, is probably still, I mean, at least somewhat, let's, let's say he's at his, in his late prime, right? But arguably one of the top, let's say top five players of all time, um, certainly top 10 players of all time. And, and he's going to come to the MLS and he's not going to be himself because he just isn't going to be able to, because if he is, he's either going to completely run everybody's show and that's not entertaining to anybody, but people who are coming to, like you said, watch just him. Right. Right. So that's not going to happen. Or it's not going to happen because the competition around him isn't isn't good enough. So he's not even going to be able to link up with people like he usually does and that type of thing. You know, like, so, I mean, when the when the when the competition and your teammates are. Are lower then his his performance isn't going to be as good either. It just can't be. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Oh, it totally does. I mean, there's only there's only so many Sergino desks you can pass to in, uh, in, <laughs> in, in MLS. That's right. That's right. Well, I mean, you know, you talk about you talk about those top teams. I mean, in and not even talking about the top teams that we're talking about going into the the Super League, but just literally the 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 top divisions in each country. Right? We're talking about the top one percent of soccer players in the world. Okay, so mm-hmm. so even the worst guy on Barcelona is still better, significantly better than the best guy or some of the best guys in the MLS. Oh, I know. I, I mean, I know. And, you know, you, you, you've seen me post pictures from Red Bull Arena. And I mean, like I've seen, you know, Zlatan play. I've seen, um, you know, I've seen Chelsea when they came into play. I've seen um, Paris, Paris Saint-Germain, like the, the level of competition, even though PSG was here for an exhibition game, 
it was like they were dancing circles around everybody. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay, they're making people look stupid. Right. And the and the worst part is they don't even have to do anything particularly skillful. It's literally just passing. Mm. It's passing and movement. Like it's not like they're rainbowing the ball over people or they're doing all these fancy like crazy moves and they're making everybody on the field. Like they're just passing and moving and they're a team together. And it's it, it's not even it's not even close to being the same. As I as I as I have as I have on the background the uh, the Gotham FC game <laughs> because that that is one na- a domestic league that I legitimately think is way better than the, than MLS and that's the NWSL and that <clears throat> brings us to a point that I would love to make is that we need to have relegation in the United States in our domestic leagues. Oh God. And promotion. I would, I would love relegation. Yeah. We need relegation and promotion in, in our domestic leagues. Um, number one, it'll help continue to grow the sport, right? So that these small little, these small little stadiums that are holding some of the, some of the smaller teams get a significant upgrade when they, when they would qualify to be in the MLS and even if they're only in the MLS for that one season, because they're frankly not good enough to be able to hang, at least for that one season, they're in the MLS. They're generating MLS revenue. They're generating some TV revenue. That little stadium gets upgraded and it brings more people there. And then it becomes a destination where some other players might want to come and play. Oh, all I of that totally increases. Yeah. And all that increases our pool for the national team. It drives me crazy that our country is as big as it is and our men's national team puts out the team that it does. And I look at it and I go, really? Out of all of the people, out of all of the eligible players, this is the best we got? And don't get me wrong, we got some good guys. But at this point, and as with as big as our country is, our whole team should be Christian Polisics. Our whole team should be dead. Dests. Our whole team should be, you know, uh, oh, shoot. Blanking on his name. I want to say, I want to say Bobby McKinney. Wood, but I know you're not talking about Mc, Bobby Wood. McKinney. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Th- th- that should be our whole, like our whole team should be full of guys that are that skilled, that, that are playing, that are skilled enough to play regular minutes in the top leagues in the world. We should have a whole team of those because our country's big enough. But for some reason, there's a disconnect. <laughs> because, and, 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 and I want to say this very, you know, this, this is very American. You know, we have better, th- I don't want to say we have better things to do, but I mean, think about it. When, I mean, I was a six-year-old, right? And I was like six, seven, eight, and I was playing soccer and I was loving it. I thought this was cool and everything. And then they put me at goalie. And I just stood there Mm -hmm. and I was like, this is boring. I hate everything about soccer and I never played. But yet if, if like, if they would have, I think it's, it's the early forms of the Academy. Like if they foster the Academy from the beginning, there's very much a possibility that it grows. Well, I, I agree there, but I also think unfortunately in our country, Politics makes up a lot more about what U.S. soccer does than what U.S. soccer is supposed to do. Mm. And I mean, I'm sure you have it everywhere else in other countries as well. But 
you like i'm sure that there is some little kid somewhere in our country that's playing soccer in his bare feet you know that is better than all of the people his age that are going through these olympic developmental programs and the u.s soccer academies and that kind of stuff you are basically describing the plot of mighty ducks game changers oh well I, I didn't know that. I haven't watched it. Like, literally, that is, like, legitimately the plot. But, but I mean, but, but for real. Like, that's probably what we're missing. We're missing out because the kids that are getting looked at for those types of roles are kids that know somebody who told them about this academy or showed them this, this you know. But there's some kid that's probably better, you know, playing, playing for his town league, you know, that nobody sees or he doesn't know anybody or nobody knows his family. And so he doesn't get that, that, that opportunity. You know what I mean? Oh, I totally get you. And you know, you, uh, you bad mouthing the, uh, the men's national team really broke my heart because you see what I post on Facebook, like almost weekly. I remind you the the men's team is going to win the world cup. Uh, Listen, man, I hope, I hope, uh, I hope beyond hope that I am absolutely wrong. I do. I really, really do. Oh, but... in, 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 in six, in five years when, when we're at the World Cup and when it's in the United States and, yeah. the, uh, and the final is going to be at MetLife Stadium in New York, I'm not getting tickets to that game because they're probably going to be astronomically expensive. But I will pay $50 to sit in the, um, to sit in the tailgate for, the, for when the men win the, uh, win the World Cup in the, in the United States. I'll tell you what, man, that, that, would, be, that would be a dream. That would be a dream come true. I, I would I would give I would give an arm for that to happen. Oh man, you you're not kidding, you're not kidding. I mean, do you, I don't think. Oh man, I was so heartbroken after they got eliminated, uh, in uh, what was that Brazil? Was that Brazil? I'm getting Brazil I'm getting... was to Belgium. Yes, and yes. South Africa was to Ghana. Yes, no, the Brazil, the loss to Belgium. Cause that was an extra time. That was an extra time. Right. Yeah. And that was, and that was, I know, I know they made a deeper run in 2002 when they actually made it to the round of 16, but Brazil was something different, right? Cause we're beating the, some of the best teams in the world. We were hanging with Belgium who is in the top five in the world. We were hanging with Belgium and, Oh, I still, I still, Wondolowski, Chris Wondolowski is three yards from the net. It's wide open. He puts it over top. That would have made it 2-1 in regulation. Yeah, I, I believe me. I remember. Oh, yeah. So, but, um, but, but, you know, that, that was the most, that was the most uh, enthusiasm that I have seen for U.S. soccer in my whole life was that was that world cup run was that those world cup games there were people all over different bars even even near me in podunk little york pennsylvania that were getting together in different bars to watch the us men's national team play world cup games people who had never given even half a shit about soccer were going to these things they were painting their faces they were buying shirts they were becoming part of uh, uh, not Sam's Army. American Outlaws. That's it. American Outlaws. Like, I mean, it it was it was awesome. It was so and then in one fell swoop, they lose to Belgium in that game. And I remember walking out of the bar with my dad going, Well, everybody's forgotten about soccer for another four years. Yeah. 
not wrong. And and that that kills me. That part kills me. Right. Yeah. So and then we don't qualify, which I mean, I you know, that that's so take that. You know, I was at the game that they didn't qualify for, right? You, you were at what was that Jamaica, right? Not Jamaica. No, it was um it was coast it was Costa Rica at Red Bull Arena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I mean you know, take that feeling that I had walking out of that bar about how people forgot about soccer for another four years and amplify that. And that's how I felt when they didn't qualify. Cause it was like, well, hell now, now forget about it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so I'm with you, buddy. I I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, praying, uh, I'll, I'll donate a limb or two, uh, as well to the cause. If, uh, if we could just, if we could your, see them lift that gold, that your gold girls trophy. will be old enough. They don't, they, you don't, they don't need it. They don't need to be picked up and carried. <laughs> your children will be grown by then. They're not going to be walking. I just need to not have any more. Is that the problem? Yeah. They're not going to go daddy up, you know, don't worry, they'll, be old, they'll be old enough. By then. So, all right. So uh, we, we spent enough on, on soccer. So you wanted to talk about uh, the one and only, I guess, Mr. Austin Matthews, if we want to transition to hockey. Yeah, let's make a let's make a hard right turn to hockey. Yeah, because let's just let's just get everybody <laughs> in. Because you know, literally, I I, I joke because I so I have another podcast with my one friend, mm-hmm. and we basically we talk wrestling to uh to to our friend that never watched wrestling before in his uh, life. Uh-huh. So we're like, this is you know the Undertaker. He's basically an undead wizard, and we're just explaining it to him, explaining it to him, and then I'll reference like a James Bond movie. And everybody will just look at me and go, what? Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. <laughs> so, oh, man. Yeah, I, you know, we should do that. We should have, we should have an episode where we have somebody that's never, or that's not much of a hockey fan on and try to explain hockey to them. That could be almost as fun. Oh, that would be adorable. <laughs> so here's the rule book. It's several thousand pages long. And usually... In a typical season, after about mid-April, they get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This thousand-page rule book is good from October till about Easter. Yeah. <laughs> once once you get to Easter, this rule book goes from a thousand pages to about five. Yeah. <laughs> and then the closer you get to the Stanley Cup final, it becomes one rule. Yep. Don't kill each other. Yep. I, I honestly I, I don't know how I don't know how they I don't know how you could get a casual fan into into this crazy sport, but anyway, you, uh, can, you totally can. It totally can work. Uh, well, anyhow, Mister Austin Matthews, right? Um, this guy, this guy is an alien, and I say that only because he just scored his thirty seventh and thirty eighth goals of the season last night. Keep in mind, we're playing a shortened season that's fifty six games long only. And last night was actually his 47th game. Uh, so he has scored 38 goals in 47 games that he's played. I figured it out last night. That's a 66-goal pace over an 82-game season. <laughs> when is the last time someone scored 60 goals? And this crazy man would be on pace to score 66 goals in the NHL. Yeah, I mean, Mass and Steven Stamkos was the last to score 60. Oh, nice. 
Yeah. So he way to go, Stat Man. Yeah, Stat. Sta- well, I mean, I'm also literally standing right. I'm literally sitting right in front of my computer, just being like, "Oh, you have a question? Let me pull it up real quick." Nice. Go. It's not like I knew that off the top of my head. Believe me. Yeah, but you had it ready. You had it ready and rocking, rocking and rolling, which is awesome. That's why I was like, okay, let me just pull it up real quick. All right. So um, the one thing I will say about this now, um, usually what I love about hockey and obviously not in the middle of a global pandemic is, you know, getting the casual fan involved. You know, you just said Austin Matthews. So if you said to a person that's never seen hockey before, watch what this guy can do with a puck. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like that would, you know, he's somebody that gets a newbie into the game. Him, you know, uh, McDavid. um, Oh God. Who else is somebody that could get, you know, the aforementioned Stamkos. Those are people that could get casual fans into this, into the game. But the, and, and I, and this is the problem with, with hockey is, you know, they, the game is 60 minutes long. And if you're lucky, Stamkos will be on the ice for what 18 of those minutes mm-hmm. 19 of those minutes if it's a, if it's a penalty if it's a if it's a playoff game mm-hmm. you know otherwise you're getting them for 13 minutes and you're getting them for you know 45 seconds at a time yeah, yeah. so it's like okay watch this guy okay now wait yeah you know so that's that's definitely a problem with with um hockey but I definitely uh saw his goals last night and I think that he's scored better oh for sure for sure but it's just it's just like the other teams know he's a i mean it's just like ovechkin right ovechkin has an office on the power play everybody knows that that's where he goes and everybody knows that he's lethal from there and try as everyone does to keep him from scoring goals from there he still consistently scores goals from there yeah and that's because he's good, <laughs> you know, and same thing with Matthews. Like these other teams know what he's capable of. They know he's got a crazy, awesome wrist shot. They know he's worked on his one timer and he's got a one timer now. Like, but so shadow him. Well, they do shadow him. And guess what? He still scored 38 goals in 47 <laughs> games. Like, I mean, it, it it's exciting. It's exciting to watch. It's a young guy. You know, it, it, you know, like like a like a McDavid that is a young guy early on in his career, and it's 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 easy to get like to feel good and and to to really get behind and want to watch this kid because man, I mean, I've I followed the Leafs a little bit more this season just because I, I mean I think they've been kind of exciting to watch. They're mostly young group, and they're coming together and they're they're doing something pretty special so far this season, but. Um, and didn't your daughter pick the Leafs? She did. She did. My oldest. I'm not even sure why. She she was like, "Oh, I like the Leafs." So now, now let's be fair. She picked it because her favorite color is blue. Uh, that's probably probably accurate. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get her a Leafs jersey, but I keep showing her all the pl- pictures of all the players to see who she wants on the back of her jersey, and she's like, mm, "No, no." Well, he's all right. He's a little. He's kind of cute, and I'm like. Oh, he's going for cute kind of cute yes, yes. Uh, take a guess at who who she thought was kind of cute alex galchenyuk nope that was just sheer like i'm just gonna pick the one <laughs> random leaf M- mitchell marner okay that makes sense though yes because he looks about the same age as she does yeah yeah <laughs> yeah he looks like he's about 12 <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, speaking of him, he's uh he's quite a playmaker as well. Holy cow! You yeah. mean she didn't say anything about Joe Thornton? No, she, well, I didn't show. I didn't bother showing her a picture of Jumbo. Oh come on! Just be like, look, it's what Santa does in the off season. <laughs> Man, you want to talk about things that I wish would happen? Here's here's me hoping that that Toronto wins the Stanley Cup so that Joe can lift the cup over his head. You know what? I was legitimately what. I, <laughs> I don't wish ill on anybody. I really, I really don't. And being stuck in a global pandemic is, is like legitimately the worst thing I've ever gone through in my life. Obviously I know everybody's, everybody's listening like no shit, but um, Toronto winning the cup this year in a pandemic year and knowing there cannot be a victory celebration of any kind is the most Toronto Maple Leaf thing ever. <laughs> yeah. 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 If you follow the Leafs even even a little bit, you know that there's there's just this I don't even know how would I wouldn't even know how to describe it, but there's just this shitstorm that seems to follow this team. Like they're like they're like the epitome of Murphy's law with a team. You know what I mean? Like if 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 something can go wrong, it goes wrong. Case in point, they lost to a emergency backup goalie who works for them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> last year. Yeah. They lost to a Zamboni driver. They lost to a Zamboni driver. Yeah. Um, which which totally negates our, you know, the best, the worst player on the Premier League is way better than anybody else. And then people are hearing that just going, well how good are hockey players if you just found somebody (laughs) if you just found somebody off the street to beat the Leafs (laughs) but that's the most Leaf thing that 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 there could be and that Mm. that kind of describes what we're talking about with the just this I don't even know this air that follows the Maple Leafs but but think about it it would be Toronto's first cup since 1967 yes it would be Canada's first cup since 1991 right so and everybody's got to stay home (laughs) and nobody can celebrate (laughs) like i want justin trudeau outside the scotia bank or scotia bank center just literally going go home (laughs) here's the thing i think that if any canadian team manages to win the cup this year it's gonna start the civil war in canada because there's gonna be the group of people that are gonna be like fuck it we're we're celebrating we're gonna do it. We don't care. This is crazy. This is awesome. We haven't had a cup up here in thirty years, you know. And then there'll be the other half that are like, no, 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 it's a pandemic, and we need to, we need to make sure that we stay away and stay comfortable. It's, <laughs> it's gonna start a civil war in Canada. I'm telling you, uh, it's 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 gonna it's gonna be priceless. What I, <laughs> I, that you know that was legitimately what I said in the beginning of the year. Let that be the leaf. That that'll be the most leaf thing ever. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, speaking of the Leafs, so they have clinched a playoff spot. I'm looking at the standings right here. So far in the uh, in the playoffs mm-hmm. are Carolina, Florida, and Tampa Bay out of the Central. Vegas, Colorado, and Minnesota out of the West. Toronto is the only team to have clinched out of the North, but basically... It's all but assured everybody else is going to. I mean, Edmonton's at 62 points, Winnipeg's at 57, Montreal's at 55, and the only closest one to that is Calgary at 47. So, 
they're basically that's basically sewn up and the east uh pittsburgh washington the islanders and boston's got a eight point lead on the rangers so i think that's pretty much but what's going to be hilarious is the way um the way this goes so one would play four two would play three so if we're looking at this if we're looking at the north or as the nhl wants us to say the scotia bank north division um toronto would play montreal in the first round interesting yeah that has that has never happened ever and and you know what canada is begging for i mean they are begging for any of these series to be honest with you i mean let's be real they're they're begging for playoff series between Canadian teams. Mm-hmm. So I I mean, I I think I think even if you know, let's say Ottawa were to have surprised everybody and made it this year, man, that people would have been eating Toronto and Ottawa up for bre- breakfast, lunch, and dinner come playoff series. Oh my god, I know. You know but but you know, I mean, any of these are going to be they are going to be. <laughs> some of the most watched thing in the last probably 10 years in Canada. Mm-hmm. Especially if you give them Toronto, Montreal, and you tell them that legitimately this has never happened before. Uh, that That's surprising to me. I mean, as much as a rivalry as they seem to have in the regular season, you'd have thought that they would have had some kind of postseason. Because there was that bizarre, there was that bizarre, I want to say, couple of... I don't know, nine, 10 years, maybe longer where Toronto was in the Western conference. Right. So you had that going on and, and you, you, you came very, very close, very, very close to having um, a Stanley cup final. That was um, Toronto and Montreal. That was going to be in 91, but then a guy by the name of Wayne Gretzky decided to go, Hey, this is my game now. (laughs) It had it had been his game, but he 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 definitely uh, no 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 that particular game oh oh okay that particular game where it was just like you guys are not going to do anything else with the puck except give it to me and I'm just going to make you all look like you are children. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, McDavid has that same kind of that same kind of air about him is that he can he can literally just say, "All right, that's it. I'm willing us to win this game." Yeah. Yeah, the, the 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 fact that he does that is is just insane, and I absolutely adore Connor McDavid. I mean, um, for for though, if anybody is actually listening to this and follows my social media, every time the Devils play Edmonton, I always take a video of Connor McDavid with the with the song "My Boyfriend's Back" playing. For some reason, that doesn't surprise me. Because I have, because for for some reason, so you know how I I listen to all these different hockey podcasts. Yeah. So I was listening to a podcast that was on, that was uh, sponsored by Sportsnet in Canada. Mm -hmm. So they knew all the the things. And I remember, oh God, this was like 2000 and, no, I don't want to say 12. So let's say 2013, 2014. And McDavid was 15 at the time. And the guy on the podcast is like, I just saw the greatest hockey player since Gretzky. And he's like, okay, who is it? And he's like, it's, he's a 15-year-old child. <laughs> 
And everyone's like, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, he's the best player since Gretzky. And you're just st- you're just listening to him just rave about how good McDavid was as a 15-year-old. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, man. So. He's been one of the most highly anticipated players to ever come into the league. I mean, oh, absolutely. You're you're saying we're you know we're we're to, we were talking about this kid when he was 14, 15 years old, and and he didn't disappoint. There was all that hype about him, and I mean, how many how many times do we hear all this hype about some of these young guys coming up? And and yeah, I mean, I, I don't mean to pick on him, but Alex Lafreniere, right? I mean, he's sort of picking it up towards the second half of this season, but there was an awful lot of hype about this kid, and and uh, he didn't quite deliver as much on it as uh, you know McDavid and and guys like that have in the past. So it that is it is still kind of go ahead. I'm sorry. That scares me. What that Lafreniere has not he he's been okay. Yeah, but he hasn't been great. Right. But but so to me, to me, that sort of speaks to the fact that, you know, people get I feel like people get bogged down in in draft picks. And, you know, this is a first round guy. This is a second round guy. This is a fifth round guy. This is a whatever. Right. Do you know how many of these guys I, I still feel like draft picks are magic beans, man, whether it's a mm-hmm. first round pick or not. Mm-hmm. It, it's magic beans. Can you develop the guy, you know? If you have a good development program, well, then, yeah, first-round pick's probably going to turn out pretty nicely for you. But so will a second, third, or fourth-round pick, right? Well, hell, one of, one of the devil's best players is a sixth-round pick. Mm-hmm. Patrick Hornfist was literally the last pick of the draft, the draft year that he was there. He was the very last pick, seventh round, whatever the heck number he was. He was the last drafted player. Yeah. The yeah, two-time true. Stanley Cup champion. <laughs> yeah, very true. Which which makes me which makes me frightening uh which makes me frightened because in um in Binghamton the the couple of years ago the Devils uh 7th round pick has now just has now started to uh take over the starting goalie role. And that makes me very nervous that he's going to be the next goalie of the future for the Devils. Well, it shouldn't make you nervous. He's obviously working his way up. And I mean, his last name is Brodor. Oh, well, or he's got a dad that's really helping him out. <laughs> like, like literally, it's like he's going to get to the devils and he's going to let a goal in and people are going to like, be like your dad. <laughs> yeah, that's that's an awful lot of pressure. Which, which is time. what I don't want. Which right. Is why, you know, I like Blackwood because look. You know, and, and I said this to you before. I was like, the, you know, you're a Penguins fan. I said the Penguins are going to suck once Malkin and Crosby go. And totally. Absolutely. You, you know, they, you know they, they are going to suck. Mm-hmm. And the Devils suck now. You know, is Blackwood a, a great goalie? No. Is he a serviceable goalie? Yes. Is he good for this group of players? Absolutely. Yeah. He's going to give you games where he's really, really good. He's going to give you games where he's average. And then he's going to give you games where you're like, excuse me? Yeah. Like, how did you get into this league? Which the, the devils really need at this time. Well, yeah. Well, and I mean, to a certain extent, like you, you need to, as a goalie, you need the team in front of you sometimes to bail you out because not every goalie has a, 
you know, I mean, even Carey Price, even Carey Price has his bad nights, and it would be really nice if he had a team in front of him to bail him out. Unfortunately, he frequently didn't, uh, especially in the last probably three to five years. But, but I mean, that's, I mean, let's, you, you brought up the Penguins. Their two goalies are Tristan Jari and Casey DeSmith, two relatively no names, other than the fact that Jari made the All Star game last year. But, I mean, prior to that, you know, pe- people around the league and casual fans don't know who Tristan Jari or Casey DeSmith are, but they can tell you who Carey Price is. They can mm. tell you who Jacob Markstrom is. They can tell you who uh, uh, Andre Vasilevsky is, right? Your your top goaltenders, your Vesna candidates, right? But the Penguins don't have Vesna candidates. They have two serviceable goaltenders, and it 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 really is kind of like a team type of thing that 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 is going to bring success for that. And I, to be honest with you, I, I, I really think that the Penguins as a team masked a lot of Matt Murray's flaws in those two cup runs because the team itself played really, really well in front of him. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think you're seeing that now with, with how he's not been very good with Ottawa because the team in front of him isn't very good. And so, those blemishes are really, really coming to light, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you were talking about Carey Price, and I'm going to say something, and you're not going to like it. Go ahead. Carey Price is overrated. Oh, and I, I totally I, I totally agree with you, especially now. I, he's, he's very much become uh, human, and I think more so now his um, – what makes him scary is his name and his presence now. It's not necessarily his goaltending anymore. You know I what I mean? Argue, I would argue Carey Price was never good as a Montreal Canadiens goalie. But, I mean, what is what is Carey Price most mostly remembered for? Well, the uh, gold medal runs. Exactly. Okay. I would be a great goalie if I had Duncan Keith, Shea Weber, Drew Doughty, Alex Petrangelo, and P.K. Subban blocking a puck for me well, sure. I, would be a, I would be a great goalie if i had you know um matt duchene jonathan tave john tavares jamie ben Corey perry martin san louis patrice bergeron jeff carter Sidney crosby scoring goals for me yeah 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 for sure for sure i yeah i can agree with you i can agree with you there but i i, I think too even now like more more people are seeing more people are seeing what you're seeing recently like I would say, again, within the last like two years or so, I mean, how quickly can you pull up his save percentages for the last year? He's been like a middle of the road goaltender for like the last three years. Like I'm thinking like not like nine teens, like low teens, like nine, 11, nine, 12 stuff, stuff around there. I feel like he's been for the last couple seasons. You're looking for save percentage. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. How far do you want me to go back? I don't know. Let's say three years. Okay. This, this season in two. Okay, so this season he's currently at a nine oh one save percentage. Right, right. Last year nine oh nine. Year before that nine eighteen. Mm-hmm. But the year before that nine hundred even. Right, right. So I mean, so he's been like middle of the pack, like slightly below average goaltender for the Canadians in the last four seasons. That is so. Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. I think, and like I said, I think. I think where his reputation comes from is is his name more so than his actual performance. He's gonna I, he's gonna get selected to be Canada's goalie for the Olympics. You know he is. 
you know that breaks my heart so much. Oh, uh, me too. Because... because you know the United States is is going to win the gold medal if they go to the Olympics. Yeah, but I... they're not going to the Olympics. You don't think so? The United States is not going to go to the Olympics because of where it's held. Oh, 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 oh. Right. Okay. All right. I'm following now. We're, we're, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the, 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 the winter Olympics being held in China, I guarantee you the United States is not sending any competitors. Huh. It's not that USA wasn't going to qualify because they were absolutely going to qualify. Oh yeah. No, I thought you were, I thought you were referring to the NHL wasn't going to go again. I'm like, no, oh no, 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 no. It's in China. They were sending them. No, I'm talking about the, um, I'm talking about the political things that are going on with the U.S. and China, where they're just gonna be like, mm, we're not going anymore. Yeah, interesting. Huh. Huh. Well, I guess all that's kind of remains to be seen, too, you know? I mean, who knows? Who knows? Cause, but Because you cannot tell me, you cannot tell me um, that they would win the Olympics this year with the roster that's projected. Canada? No, I don't think. No, the United the United States. Oh, oh yeah, the U.S. would totally win. Yes, absolutely. We just talked about what an alien Austin Matthews is. He'll be on the team, right? Like he, here's like here's the rumored team: Austin Matthews, Jack Eichel, Jake Gensel, Brady Kachuk, Matthew Kachuk, Johnny Gaudreau, J- Jack Hughes for some reason, Brock Besser. Um, who else? Seth Jones, uh, Quinn Hughes, Jacob Slavin, Charlie McAvoy, Tori Krug. And here's your goalies, Connor Hellebuck and Thatcher Demko. Right. Right. Like yep. they will win every game eight nothing. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yep. I agree. And, and honestly, I really do. I, I do still think that Team Canada would 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 select Carey Price and they're going to bring him as a goalie. I bet you they will. Let Which me see. They will. Projected Canada's Olympic 2020 because TSN updates this on the regular. Yeah. TSN is like, oh, this person had a game. Let's see what he does. All right. Uh, they do have uh, Carey Price, but I'd argue the two goalies are better. I well, the one, the one goalie. Yeah. The, the three goalies they have are Carey Price, Jordan Binnington, and Carter Hart. Oh, yeah. Well, Binnington's definitely going to start for sure. And um, but I think Carey Price would be the backup over Carter Hart, unfortunately. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, unless unless it was just that Carter Hart was playing hurt because he did not have a good season this year for the Flyers. Right. But he did go out with an injury, I think, a couple of weeks ago. So maybe he was trying to play through something for a while, which might have affected his performance. But yeah, right as it stands right now. I think I think one is Bennington, two is Price, and three would be Hart unless Hart gets better and and is gets his confidence back by then. Yeah, well, I mean that's the problem with Flyers goalies, isn't it? <sighs> you know, I hate to pile on Flyers fans and 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 the Flyers. I really do. I, I'm not one for I'm not one for trash talk, only because I feel like it makes you look stupid when your team. Like, I'll put it this way: if I'm actually playing. I'll talk a little trash, right? Because then if, if I screw up, I deserve to have, I deserve to have it thrown back in my face, but I'm never going to trash talk another team's fans or anything like that. When I literally have nothing to do with what happens on the ice or what happens on the field, because then when something bad goes, 
I'm not, I don't want to take that heat <laughs> because frankly, I don't maybe necessarily deserve it. Mm. <laughs> but, but I, yeah, I, I, there's something in the water in Philly with re- regard to goaltenders. I don't know what it is. And they bring in these guys that are, you know, that, that underperform and then they go to another team and they're Vesna candidates. And I'm talking about Sergei Bobrovsky, right? I mean, he he couldn't stop a beach ball in Philadelphia. Very next season, after he gets traded to Columbus, he's in a Vesna can, uh, conversation. Like, there's something in the water in Philadelphia, and I don't know what it is. And and man, until that team gets goaltending, they're they're gonna they're gonna continue to struggle, and it's unfortunate. And now and now he's a ten million dollar goalie in Florida, sitting on the bench, by the way. Well, yeah, he's he's kind of he's kind of taking the roller coaster down the hill. Uh, again it sounds like so I, I i'm not sure i'm not sure I'm not sure what it is so in a perfect world yeah in a perfect world did you hear who's coming back for his next seat for next season in for in philadelphia no just in hockey in general oh uh i don't know marlo yager Oh, he's coming back to the NHL. Yeah. No, 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 no. He said he's coming back to playing hockey. Oh, he did oh. not say he did yes. not say whether he was going to play in, you know, Cladno or if he was going to play in the NHL. Gotcha. But in a perfect world, uh-huh. doesn't it just make sense he becomes the captain of the Seattle Kraken? Oh, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't I don't hate that to be honest with you. I mean, I'm sure Ron Francis is not going to do that, but no, absolutely not. But, but I mean, but full like, Disney movie, absolutely, yeah. Not not even just full Disney movie, but you're gonna that team because of the Vegas Golden Knights is going to expect to be good from day one. Yes. So, what better way to have a player that is going to shepherd these, this band of misfits? Than the ultimate misfit himself, Yager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can, uh, I can get down with that for sure, for sure. I, yeah. I, well, and you bring up an interesting point. You bring up the point that that fans, um, and I mean, let's be honest. Probably the NHL in general is going to expect the same kind of success that Vegas had um, with this Seattle team. But I'm going to go the other way here. Uh, because I think uh, the other 30, well, the other 31 teams, at least 30 of the 31 teams, learned a lot through that process with Vegas that I think some of these purse strings are going to be a little tighter. I think some of these um, decisions on who to, who to protect and who to expose are going to be uh, a, a little different. And I, I don't think... Uh, I'm going to go so far as to say I don't think Seattle is going to have that same kind of success, um, just because I don't I don't think the same type of uh, uh, players will be available. Um, like, not that I know that that initial Vegas team was kind of a band of misfits, but there were still some pretty pretty solid players there. You know what I mean? Um, not like other expansion teams in years past, where it was like basically an AHL team. Right. You know. And, and they were anticipated, you know, the, the expansion teams anticipated being bad for like five years. Um, I, 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 I don't think they're going to be a bad team, but I don't think they're going to have anywhere near the success that Vegas did. Vegas was, was a special case. Uh, 
and I mean, I hope, I hope Seattle proves me wrong uh, the ultimate, I think, uh, uh, I can't think of the word I want the, like what, what's going to even all this out is the fact that, you know, that there, there, there will be, I think there'll still be a little bit um, decreased expectations on the Kraken, even mm-hmm. though I think people will look back to Vegas and say, Oh, well, you know, Seattle should be just as good to a certain extent. I still think they're an expansion team. So there's probably less expectation on them and less expectation means they can play a little looser and, and have some fun with it. So that can, you know, that can definitely throw a, a cog in the, or a wrench into the gears, so to speak. So, so since we're talking about Seattle, yes. Um, what do you call it? Um, the, um, have you ever been on cap friendly? Oh yes, absolutely. Have you ever played around with the um, uh, with the expansion roster tool? I did not. I wanted to try to do it before before we recorded today, but I didn't get an opportunity to. So basically, there's a lot of players. Basically, when you go there, it gives you the list of players that can be exposed and players that can't be exposed. Mm-hmm. So, like you just like I'll I'll pull up for you. Um, these are the teams, these are the players that can be exposed from the Pittsburgh Penguins. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not necessarily they won't be exposed, but they can be because they meet the requirements to be exposed. Right. Um, Evgeny Malkin, Sidney Crosby, Jake Gensel, Jason Zucker, uh, Brandon Tanneth, Brian Rust, Kasperi Kapanen, Jared McCann, Jeff Carter, uh, Sam, Sam Lafferty. That's all your, that's all your forwards. For your defense, Latang, Michael Matheson, Brian Dumoulin, Marcus Pedersen, uh, Chad Ruedel, and your goalies, Jerry and Casey, De- uh, Jerry and Casey DeSmith, are all eligible to be exposed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, there's there's some good players available. I but I think too teams are going to be a little because remember Vegas would, was doing stuff like. Oh, well, like I'll, I'll use the Penguins as an example. Like everybody knew that Vegas was picking Flurry, right? Mm-hmm. But Vegas was smart enough to say, but we might take Brian Rust. And so the Penguins were like, well, shit, we don't want you to take Brian Rust. We, we're okay with you taking Flurry. I mean, we don't want you to take Flurry, but we're okay with you taking Flurry. But damn it, you can't take Brian Rust. And so Vegas said, all right, well, fine, make us not take Brian Rust. Yeah. And so, and, and then that's that was like a weird trade, right? Right, right. So, and Vegas was doing that to a lot of teams. They were saying, "Oh well, you know, we we know which guy you think we're gonna pick, but what if we take this guy?" Yeah. And they were getting picks, and they were getting prospects, you know, from teams to not to to not select a particular person and to select somebody that that you know they were okay with. So I think a lot of the general managers and a lot of the teams learned from that type of thing. So I don't think you're going to see quite as much of a stockpile in draft picks and things like that for Seattle to be able to play with. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's given Vegas an opportunity to be really successful um, right away and also for the last three seasons that they've been in the league is that they had this stockpile of picks and prospects that they could throw you know, they could they could throw away and pick up people at the deadline. They could pick up a Mark Stone at the deadline. They can pick up a match Max Petcheretti at the deadline, you know? And and uh so I I I I don't I I am hoping 
it's like one of those it's like fool me once shame on me yeah you know i I totally i totally get you so so i i I don't know i i have a hard time thinking that seattle is going to have the same kind of success that uh that vegas did but speaking of seattle they officially became a team on friday so that's exciting they can start uh they can start some of those conversations with teams whoopee yeah 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 what do you think of the logo that's what i want to know i'm indifferent to it yo like i like, dig it i dig I mean, it i mean the one thing that i would say that really that really bothers me is the color scheme because it's like you have a team in seattle and if you look at every other seattle team the seahawks the sounders the the mariners um trying to think if there's another seattle-based team no right no they don't have basketball um they all play off the neon green logo they all play off the neon green and i think a neon green and red or a neon green and black would have been really really nice I see. I think that's why they went away from it because they were like all the other teams have the same have the same colors, which okay, yeah. which I'm I'm okay with, but at the same time, like I don't know. I kind of enjoy the idea of um the the the, the cross promotion. Like oh sure, I mean every I team loved, in Pittsburgh is black and yellow. So yeah, th- that exactly the black and yellow with Pittsburgh. I enjoy the synergy between if you look at the uh, Red Bull logo and you look at the women's Gotham FC logo, they're very similar. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, granted, um, the the Red Bulls are obviously red and Gotham FC is black and blue. You know, it's still the logo is very similar. Yeah, which is good to see. So I think this was a good first episode, sir. All right. Because uh, we are at the hour mark and then usually people's att- attention spans, if they are listening, sort of dips out after an hour. Man, this was really easy to talk for an hour. I got to tell you. How long have we been friends? Oh, I didn't think it was going to be hard. Yeah. You were just like, oh, my God, I don't uh, do, uh, you were all freaking out and stuff. I was like, dude. <laughs> We we've been friends for over a decade. It's not like it's not like we have to practice. I know. I was trying to be all professional about it, and I'm just, you know, being an idiot, dude. I'm. <laughs> I was literally like, what what profession? I like. Uh, I'm the least professional human being. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess I was, you know, anticipating our hundred thousand person initial audience, and you know. Let's let's we're, build an audience first. We're gonna we're gonna start we're gonna start selling advertising here next episode and yeah, yeah exactly yeah we're we're gonna be sponsored by Blue Chew next week. <laughs> That's right, Blue Chew and Manscaped and what are those those uh, shoes that are waterproof that everybody seems to Bombas? You, no, those are the socks. Whatever, some kind of sh- some kind of shoes everybody gets sponsored by. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can't wait till I have to start running Blue Chew ads. Ooh, a magic spoon. There's another one. Yeah. There you go. And you're like, fellas, let's get your dick hard. <laughs> oh, man. Awesome. Well, this is great, man. I, I had a really good time. I can't wait well, to do another episode. Thank you for suggesting this, and I will talk to you soon, sir. All right, buddy. See ya. Be well.